Offense, play fast. Defense, swarm. Swarm and tackle. Attack. We got out block them. We got out tackle them. We got out hit them and hustle. It's real simple. You out block them, you out tackle them, you out hit them, and you out hustle. Let them know. Leave no doubt tonight. Leave no all right, welcome in. It is the no week doubt. two edition of the College Football Podcast here pregame.com. This is the week. The contests get started. I'm kind of glad it didn't start this last week, to be honest. Not the, uh, we, boy, week zero, we were puffy chest. <laughs> I mean, you, could, you couldn't, couldn't tell us shit. Seven and one last week. Uh, brought back down to earth a little bit. Uh, you know, the it, you're not going to win them all, but I, I certainly I was way off base with UAB. I was even further off base uh, with you going against BYU. I, I think that that was, it was South Florida just wasn't it wasn't the same weight class. Uh, the Mississippi State game, which was our best bet, by the way, that which is always nice. If we're going to have a, a rough week, at least let's catch the big one. Yeah. Never really in doubt. The only time there was even any question was during a, a, a weather delay mm-hmm. uh, when, when they – I was just like, oh, boy, are they going to just kill all this momentum? But they came out and, and just absolutely dominated that game. Uh, and then it, what was my other winner? Because uh, I, I went 2-2 two and two this week. But uh, it, it was – again, when, you're, when your losses are not close in a way, it's – it's almost like, oh, well, that's that's a relief at least because yeah. I, I didn't want to feel like uh, like I, I went down to the wire or something like that. So and, you didn't want to feel like me, which yours was of, rough. Three of I went zero and four. I'll fully admit it. When I win, I'll gloat. When I lose, I'm mad at myself. I went zero and four. Now my one loss of Boise State just didn't even stand a chance. I mean, Hank Bachmeyer turns the football over the first three possessions. The game was over. And it's funny. I talked to uh, Stormy Buonantoni, who did the sidelines for mm-hmm. ESPN, and I said, was there any indication? I asked, was there anything that said that Bachmeyer was just not ready to play? Because they benched him. Yeah. And they went to the, the freshman backup, and she was like, everyone said that it was the worst they've seen him in five years. Yeah. That they were shocked by their performance. And I was actually surprised that I felt Dan Diavolos coached that game like a preseason game just to see what the freshman had. And he was, you know, he showed some flashes. He had that long uh, touchdown run, which got them kind of back in the game. But watching that game, I felt, you know what, now that you're within 10 or so, why not put Bachmeyer back in? But Bachmeyer was so bad in that game that they just could not go back to him. So I was completely wrong on that Boise State-Oregon State game. Completely wrong in that one. And I'm okay with that. By the way, my other winner was Southern Miss against Liberty. Yes, going against Liberty. And that was perfect because... It got into three, four overtimes, <laughs> and when you when you when you're catching three and a half, it's literally impossible to lose now yeah, in the, college the, football the once you get to that rush. overtime. Well, that one stung me because I had Houston oh, laying yeah. the four, and they go to overtime. They're up eight because they get the touchdown and two point conversion. UTSA ties it, and then uh, they win by two. Uh, Houston does so. My other three losses: Houston minus four, they won by two. Pitt minus seven and a half, they won by seven. And I had Illinois outright as a two-point dog against Indiana. They lose by three. 
after having a four-point lead with 90 seconds left, kicking the ball off to Indiana after holding them to 70 yards of offense the entire second half. Yeah. They allow the Hoosiers to go 75 yards down the field and score. The I'm going to tell you what about Illinois, and I'm gonna, we're going to get to Illinois later. Their defense was solid almost the entire game. They never felt safe because their offense is dog shit. Yeah, there's, and, a, uh, lot, there's a lot to unpack. There. Tommy DeVito is is pretty much what I thought he was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, he's just in a different uniform now. So bounce back week for here for both of us. That's I the think game we're plan. ready for. It. And, and we we're gonna these are our contest plays at least as of today. Yes, like and I we said, are officially we will we are entering into the William Hill College Pick'em Contest. Eight selections a week. We will give you the eight selections here on the podcast. We're going to talk through the selections here on the podcast. And I guess we should do what we're kind of doing on the Dream Pod, right? Like if there's a change with the picks, we'll tweet, we'll it, tweet out. it out. Absolutely, because we have to have these in um, on Friday. Yeah. So we'll get right. those in. So let's get started. I'll give you the honors this week. What are you? Where are you going first? I'm going to start with a Friday night game. And it's going to be a raucous atmosphere at the Bounce House. Central Florida is a six-and-a-half-point favorite on Friday night against Louisville. I feel like this spread has moved against me because money's coming in on Louisville, which is okay. I gave it out already at six-and-a-half, but if we can get it at five-and-a-half, we'll take it. (laughs) Here's my cap on this game. Central Florida looked really good last week. Now I get it. It's South Carolina State. You're going to blow out a team like that. But Ole Miss transfer John Rice Plumley ran this offense beautifully. He threw for 308 yards and four touchdowns. And what I was impressed with, the athleticism, the speed. He ran for 86 yards and a score. They have a bruising running back in Isaiah Bauer. He was there last year. He returns 83 yards, two scores. And looking at what happened with Louisville last week, and remember, you and I talked about this briefly. I said, I kind of like Syracuse, and you, yeah. know, you, you, you did the whole Malik Cunningham thing, which kind of I agree. But Syracuse running back Sean Tucker and quarterback Garrett Schrader combined for about 200 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. If Louisville's defense had their hands full with Sean Tucker and Garrett Schrader, they are most certainly going to struggle with Isaiah Bauer and John Rice Plumley. And if Louisville somehow focuses a refocused attention on stopping the run this week, because that's what did them in last week, well then UCF is going to exploit the secondary. Ryan O'Keefe is an elite wide receiver. He's the leader of that unit. They have a big tight end, Florida transfer, Kimor Gamble. And I think that this UCF offense is going to have their way with this Louisville defense. Malik Cunningham, meanwhile, he's a fantastic quarterback. Dual threat, you got to be afraid of him. But he struggled. Passed for just 152 yards and two touchdowns. He didn't do anything running the ball either. 34 yards on 13 carries. So Gus Malzahn's watching that film all week. What did Syracuse do to bottle up Malik Cunningham? And that's what they're going to try and do here on Friday night. And then the atmosphere, as I mentioned, it's a Friday night. Students are on campus now. Classes are in session. This is the opportunity to let loose on national television at the bounce house. 
Get ready to jump around because it's going to get crazy. Yeah, this one, you know, obviously for the contest, we're going to want to play the best lines. So we'll have to see where the the contest puts this. It's It's whatever they release. Yeah, they 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 might have had it at six and a half because it was six and a half earlier in the week. I don't know when they released their their spreads or if they moved them. My power ratings have these teams about a point apart. I've got Louisville actually a point better. Obviously, last week egg on my face for, for thinking Louisville was as good as they are, but I'm, I didn't, I mean, I've moved them, to, I downgraded them a point. I did, I'm not going to overreact to one game. Mm-hmm. It, it, they looked terrible last week. They, they moved the ball okay, but three turnovers, including one in the end zone, mm-hmm. uh, you get stopped fourth down at like the two-yard line, and suddenly like you, you oh, well, they, that's how you end up scoring one touchdown all game. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I still think Louisville's got more than what we've seen. I think at Central Florida is just such a tough place to play, especially uh, on a Friday night. This isn't this isn't like a noon kickoff game on a Saturday. This is a 7:30 p.m. kickoff Friday night national television on ESPN. That crowd is going to be insane. This is a tough atmosphere to play in. Yeah. So it's it's as they as. The money comes in on Louisville. It's pushing it more and more to where uh, I'd feel comfortable playing. I don't want to give like Louisville plus six and a half would probably. I think I might be on Louisville once it when you start pushing past that six. If we get down to a five or a four and a half, I, mm-hmm. I think you're clearly on the right side. So I'm with you. I don't mind that money's coming in. You know, I don't mind it either. I, I, I like I, six and a half doesn't bother me. It's still under the touchdown. Yeah. Five and a half, I love it even more because yeah. this could be a six-point game. I don't know. These offenses might get cute. There might be some two-point conversions. There might be some missed field goals. Who knows? So I think we could get an awkward score. Total 61 and a half. They're expecting points in this game. I think UCF is going to be able to score. UCF is going to come out of the locker room with 35 points. Uh, what do you expect the contest line will be? What's, what's your... If they release it, let's say on a you know Monday or Tuesday, and say this is the line that we have, it's going to be six and a half. But if they fluctuate through the week, I don't know how it works. I've never entered the. Week I don't know when contest. they're going to lock in. Yeah. Uh, all right. I, for my first game, I am going to go, uh, and we we talked about Illinois in the uh, the reviews from last week. I'm going with three six one three six two. I guess I'm going with three six one Virginia plus four and a half. And like I said, Illinois played pretty solid defense for most of that game against Indiana, but their offense just never gave them any kind of comfort zone. And now, where that prop that's a manageable problem against Indiana, but now you're going up against an offense that's pretty explosive in Virginia. Brendan Armstrong, one of the better quarterbacks in the country, last season, and this is a home and home, so these two teams played last season, 42-14 Virginia. Brennan Armstrong threw for 400 yards and five touchdowns. Just walked over <laughs> this Illinois team, and this this number is probably it's probably showing a little bit of value on Virginia. Virginia didn't look great last week. They played an FCS team uh, in Richmond, which is a good, a decent FCS team. But if you dig into the box score, it shows a lot more dominance than the final score did. Uh, I think this line should be inside a field goal. So at four and a half, Virginia plus four and a half makes my card. I think Virginia could win this game outright. Kind of like the total in that game. You like a, a low total? No, I like it. To you go like over. it to go over? Yeah. I, I just don't. Again, I, where's Illinois' offense going to come from? What, like 
it wasn't there last week against Indiana. Mm. Like, are they going to figure something out? This I don't know. I, I it's it's hard for me to imagine that. I I think that let's give Illinois a little bit of credit. They run the ball well. They you know w- Brown looked good, obviously in their first two two games. But what do you do if you run the ball well and you find yourself in a track meet? You I don't can't just keep running I, the ball. Yeah, and I don't think if this game is a track meet, I don't think they, I don't think they have the horses to keep up with Brennan Armstrong. I would lean toward the only thing that gives me hesitation is the game is, you know, in Champaign, so I, I, I obviously like the home atmosphere there, not like it's going to be a primetime game or anything, but they do have the edge of the crowd. But you're, yeah, this game to me is a coin flip. And anytime you're in a coin flip spot and you can take the points, I'll take the points. All right. Where are you going for game two? Game two. Uh, it's going to a team that I bet against last week. And I feel like that's important <laughs> because it's like lesson learned, right? Okay. And I feel But you like, want to be careful not to overreact, obviously. Sure, sure. But obviously, if I'm betting on a team that I just bet against, maybe it's because I watched the game and I got a feel for that. Sure. Because obviously last week I was on Houston over UTSA. I watched the entire game. I was glued to the television. It's fascinating. Love my love the American Athletic Conference. And I know U- Houston's leaving, but UTSA is coming in. Uh, UTSA is laying a field goal against Army. It's actually less than a field goal. It's two and a half. I watched... UTSA, and led by quarterback Frank Harris, look really good against a defensive unit that was touted as one of the tops in the nation, right? Houston came in with very high expectations. Uh, what do they call it? Sack Avenue? Is that is that the yeah. nickname? Sack Avenue? Yeah. Frank Harris looked great. He threw for 337 yards, three scores. He rushed for 63 yards and another touchdown. I get it. UTSA is not going to run for over 200 yards against Army. But Harris is going to be dangerous with his legs. And, yeah, Army can you know defend a mobile quarterback because they go up against the triple option. They understand those concepts. But a mobile quarterback that can beat you down the field? I don't think they're ready for that. The combination of wide receiver between Josh Cephas and Zachary Franklin are going to be way too much for the Army secondary. Looking at the highlights of that Army-Coastal Carolina game, 38-28, Army scored on a 73-yard broken play, a 70-yard run up the middle, and a 54-yard play-action pass the defender left his man wide open. So maybe you want to call it two broken plays. UTSA's defense was in, they lived in the backfield against Houston. Four sacks, nine tackles for loss, they're going to be able to disrupt this Army offense, especially now if they get ahead of the game and they force Army to throw the ball. Grayson McCall threw for three touchdowns. He ran for another touchdown. Reese White rushed for 133 yards and a score. Coastal, their receivers, it, it, go watch the highlights, especially on those touchdown plays. The receivers burned the Army secondary. Army's a disciplined team, but they don't have the horses to compete with athletic wide receivers, and I look at Josh Cephas and Zachary Franklin for UTSA, they're going to burn the Army secondary all game. 
I think I don't think this game is going to be close. What I and I, I endorse this pick. What I saw in that first game or in the in the the UH and UTSA game was Houston commit to the run, and they just couldn't get the ball moving. And if UTSA, I mean, listen, I mean, obviously stopping Army is is different than stopping mm-hmm. your your average running attack. But it's a good sign when UTSA's run defense can hold Houston to 3.2 yards per carry. And I think defensively, there are some real edges uh, for, for or excuse me, some offensively, there's some real edges for UTSA against the Army defense. Like you said, namely down the field. Uh, I, I like this pick a lot. I think that UTSA, remember, this is a team that won their conference last year. This is a, it's a pretty good team. Mm-hmm. And, and I, like, I thought it was funny that, you know, like people are like, oh, how's Houston even, or how, how are they letting UTSA hang around? UTSA is pretty good. This is not a bad team. Uh, it, the loss to, to Houston isn't a bad loss, I don't think. I, I think they, they showed well in that game. I like this team, uh, I, and I, I think they've got some schematic advantages against Army. Army's always tricky, mm-hmm. but. I, I think that I think UTSA is built to beat that team. I feel like if you're betting Army, you're betting Army just because you think that Army is tricky to go against. Yeah, and you think that oh, you know the the offense, the triple option, all that stuff. It's going to be hard for them to defend. You got to stay disciplined. And, and Army was able to score on Coastal Carolina on the road. But again, go watch how they scored. It, and and maybe the broken plays happened against UTSA. But I gave you the numbers there. The nine tackles for loss, the four sacks, the ability to get into the backfield against a very talented offensive line that prides itself on opening up running lanes. Uh, I, I just, I really like UTSA in this spot. All right, let's go to my next play. Ugh. McKenzie, doesn't RJ say when, if, if a play is really hard to make that usually that means it's a good one? Excellent value. Okay. <laughs> three six three UNLV plus thirteen at Cal. I'm gonna go with UNLV. I know this sounds crazy. They looked pretty good last week against Idaho State. Now I know it's Idaho State. I get it. UNLV was losing to FCS teams a year ago. And instead they're going out and, and dog stomping them, but sitting their starters in the second half. Meanwhile, Cal was shut out for the first 20 minutes against UC Davis. This Cal offense is one of the worst in the country, in my opinion, which which isn't a surprise since they returned basically nothing on that side of the ball. They haven't recruited well. Cal feels like they're just learning to walk <laughs> offensively. Like it, it just feels like, and I think you saw in the first half, it was just no one, no one knew where to be. And that was again against an FCS school. Not that UNLV is like, you know, massively talented, but I'll be honest. I don't think the talent disparity from UNLV to Cal is as much as you think it is. I, I really like Cal. I I don't think people understand how bad recruiting's been. Uh, the the talent discrepancy is not what's gonna you know blow this team out of the water. I do like Cal's coaching staff, but it feels like with all these new players, they're just not there yet. It is not fun for me to say, yeah, let's let's put UNLV on our card, but I think they compete in this game. UNLV plus 13. So watching UNLV, I feel like Marcus Arroyo has a plan, and I don't think I've seen that in quite some time. Like, they, it feels competent, right? 
It doesn't feel like UNLV the last few years. Yeah. It, it feels like there's – we can see something happening here. We can see a little bit of growth here. Uh I mean, they they won two of their last four games last year. You start out zero yeah. and eight, you finished. You're two and two down the stretch. Not only were they two and two down the stretch, they gave San Diego State hell. And remember, San Diego State was mm-hmm. like it was a, a top twenty team last year when they played uh, UNLV, and UNLV gave them everything they could handle, playing a lot better at the end of the year than they were at the beginning of the year. You don't put up fifty somewhat points. You don't put up a fifty burger in week one by mistake. You know, there there are components here. Yeah, at work, I'm with it. I'm okay with it. All right, I'll allow it. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll take that. Uh, all right, where are you going for your third pick on the card? I'm feeling so chalky, but I don't hate feeling chalky because favorites did really well. It, You're it, feeling chalky. I'm playing UNLV. It'll it balances out. Yeah, Life balances. Yeah. Uh, I'm going West Virginia. West again. Another team that I bet against. Country roads in week one. Take us home. It's in my write up. You're stealing my thunder here. Oh, right? sorry. I was going to say this at the end of the at the end of the the, the, the summary here. Sorry. All right. You can sing it. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I'll try. But again, another team that I bet against last week because I had Pittsburgh. Uh, let's get this out of the way. Kansas has never won in Morgantown. The Mountaineers have won the last eight straight meetings between these two programs. The average margin of victory, 20.6 points in those eight straight wins. This isn't your normal Kansas pushover team, though. Second-year coach Lance Leopold changing the culture. They scored 56 points last week in a rout of Tennessee Tech. Yeah, Tennessee Tech. Kansas football is back, baby. Jalen Daniels threw for 189 yards and a touchdown. He also rushed for a score. And the Jayhawks rushed for six touchdowns on the day. Congratulations. Yeah. That's not happening against West Virginia. West Virginia went into the backyard brawl on the road against Pittsburgh. A team coming in with a new pro-style run-first offense. A commitment to the run. The Mountaineers held them to 1.9 yards per carry. 76 yards on 39 carries. If Kansas wants to run on West Virginia, they're in for a long day. JT Daniels, meanwhile, on offense, he looked like in control. He was in control. He was able to connect on a couple of big plays down the field. The running game opened things up. They gained 404 yards of offense. And... They were in position to win the game. And that's against what I still consider a pretty good defense in Pitt. They were in position to win the game. There is a tipped ball that goes through the hands of a wide open wide receiver that results in a pick six. That was fluky. So I don't, that interception is not on JT Daniels. That interception is on the receiver. That touchdown is not on the West Virginia defense. And at home, Bounce back spot, looking to avoid the 0-2 start. Country road, take me home. West Virginia by two scores. There we go. All right. Uh, I was My initial thought was, okay, what kind of sandwich spot is this? What kind of look ahead could West Virginia have here? Because <laughs> you're thinking conference opener, but it's not. It's the yeah. Nobody takes. Opener. Listen, nobody takes. Nobody takes Kansas seriously. But the fact that they just played at Pitt, I was like, ooh, 
this feels like a letdown spot if if West Virginia has you know a, a living body on deck. Mm-hmm. They play Towson next. Yeah, week. this is like next week they rest some people. Yeah, so so I'm with you. I, I could see this getting ugly. Uh, West Virginia is a tough road trip to begin with. It's funny you when we were in pre pre production. You said uh, Kansas has never won at West Virginia. I was like, well, Kansas hasn't won in a lot of places. <laughs> like, there's, there's a lot of places that Kansas has zero wins at. But very true. Yeah, I, I do like that that they've got that West Virginia's got a cupcake on deck. Uh, so they can actually give some focus to this Kansas team. So I I, I like this pick. Uh, all right, my next play. I'm going to go three seven five Kentucky plus six at Florida. I have this power rated Florida about minus two and a half at home. I think we're seeing a massive overreaction to Florida's win over Utah. There was a reason, like, remember Billy Napier was like, hey, guys, be patient. This is going to be a growing year. This is, and, okay, so they jump out, they get a win early. If you watch that game, if you really dig into the box score of that game, Utah, Utah's the better team, mm-hmm. uh, you know? Yeah. Here's what happened. Anthony Richardson. This is an explosive guy. He's he's special. He can make things happen. By the way, he jumped up to now. I think he's like the fifth favorite to win the Heisman Trophy. That he was fifty to one preseason. After that game, I've seen fourteen to ones on the board. Places. Yeah, that's wild. But last year, Kentucky played Florida, and they did a really good job bottling up Anthony Richardson. Twenty-five rushing yards for Anthony Richardson, and if you can hold. Anthony Richardson under 40 rushing yards, I think you're going to be in real good shape against this Florida team because I still think outside of him, who he's going to be one of those guys who covers up a lot of flaws, there's not much going on at this Florida with this Florida team right now. Uh, and Kentucky is just – they're a disciplined team. They're a good tackling team. They don't give up explosive plays. So I think Florida's just going to have to earn everything that they get they're not going to be able to be bailed out regularly by Anthony Richardson. This is the most talented team Kentucky's had in a while. And they got to breeze through Miami of Ohio a week ago mm-hmm. with all eyes on this game while Florida was you know, in a dogfight to the bitter end uh, in a nationally televised game, big-time game against at Utah home. at home. Yeah, And here's the other thing. I don't As much as people will talk about Anthony Richardson now, I don't know that they even have the quarterback advantage in this game because Will Levis is still really good. So getting six points with a team that I think is probably power – I've got them power rated basically even after upgrading Florida, I, I can't pass up on the six points with Kentucky. Do we – was this a game – did they have a game of the year line on this? I, I didn't see one, no. Yeah, I didn't see it either because I, I was curious what the thought would have been before the season started. Yeah. On these two teams. And I think that you might have seen a spread closer to what we saw Utah. Now, I don't think that maybe it wouldn't be Kentucky minus three or minus two and a half, but maybe Kentucky plus one and a half. I I think that's probably right. So I do think that there's, in my opinion, there's at least a three-point overreaction from last week's game. Florida went from being unranked to being number 12, 12 in the country. 
So McKenzie puts this up. So the 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 when was this? Oh, when were these odds available? Oh, September second. Yes. So September second, you could have played Florida minus three and a half. I said there's a three point adjustment here. So what is it? Five and a half now. So okay. it's th- six. So six. two and a half points. Yeah, two and a half point adjustment, and that makes sense. It, it, there is a lot of you have to understand. Does it? Yes, because there's a lot of recency bias that comes into these point spreads. And the last thing we saw was Florida win a big-time game against a college football playoff contender. And say what you will about the Pac-12 and say what you will about Utah, but there were a lot of experts predicting Utah to be that fourth team to be in the college football playoff. I'm raising my hand because I'm yeah. one of them. And, yes, you look at the you look inside the stats and you could see eh, that game really could have gone you know, whatever. Uh, not even, I'm not going to get into that game. We already we already brushed on it. I, I think it's too much of an overreaction to Florida. This is a letdown spot, even though it's a conference foe. It's a cross division conference foe. Um, oh no, Kentucky. It's inner division. It's yeah. inner division. Um, so it's hard to have a letdown when you, when you're playing a division opponent. But I think Kentucky's in the right spot here to get Florida, and I think the the spread moving this much. Is is an overreaction? I think this is, I, I think this is a field goal game either way. That's what I'm saying. So you're getting six too too good to be true. So Kentucky plus six will be my third play. All right, all right. How are you wrapping up uh, your half of things? I'm staying chalky. I'm staying chalky. I'm going with USC. I'm laying nine against Stanford. You b- believe in the hype last I week? I am. And I know it's unfair to ask this question. But is the weight of the Pac-12 now on the USC shoulders? I don't know. Are if that's... they the conference's only chance to get into the playoff now? Uh, pr- probably. Okay. But, I mean. They're the number 10 They were an underdog to make the playoff. Uh, sure. Like, it would have been an underdog to say, will a Pac-12 team make the playoff? I would have said that's an underdog bet anyway. Yeah, but I think a lot of people were, were putting Utah above USC. Even though USC is the favorite to win the conference. You looked at the schedule and said, hey, if Utah can win in Florida because they're favored, they run the table with maybe two wins over USC, it's going to be a good enough resume to get in. And I say two wins because the Pac-12 no longer has divisions. Yeah. It's just the two best teams will play each other for a championship. It's crazy to say that in week two, but it could very well be the truth. Yeah, I'm buying into the new look USC Trojans after one week. They scored 66 points on 538 yards of offense. Yes, it was against Rice. Sure. But you got to give credit where credit you got. Listen, if you're going to play a, a, a walkthrough game, dominate it. Yes. I, I'm a big believer. If you go out and you dominate, okay. But, but let's talk about dominating and being efficient while doing it. Caleb Williams was 19 of 22 passing. 249 yards, two scores. He ran for 68 scores, uh, 68 yards. The offensive line held up really well. Again, it's Rice. But the big boys up front did their job. 208 yards uh, rushing. They averaged 7.4 yards per carry in that game. It's going to be a much more difficult test against Stanford. The Cardinal also rolled their opening opponent, but it was Colgate. Yeah, I think if Rice played Colgate, Rice is a double-digit favorite. Agreed. There was a lot of chunk plays that helped Stanford get to those 41 points. Heck, they ran for an 87-yard touchdown on the first play of the game. 
on some of the worst defensive lane assignments you will ever see. It's like, all right, the guy, they handed the ball off to the right. It looks like he's tackled behind the line of scrimmage. And Colgate looked like, you ever watch Pop Warner football, where as soon as the ball is handed off, all 11 players run towards, like, yeah. they, they, it's, like a, it's like a swarm of bees yep. going on one side. And then, and, and then EJ Smith just runs the other way, and there's no one on the other side of the field. 87 yards for a touchdown. It was just, it was funny. That's not going to happen against USC. This is going to be a, I think it's going to be a tightly contested game early, but USC's got the weapons to pull away late. And I think once USC goes up by double digits, I don't think Stanford has the firepower to come back. I don't disagree with you. My concern is why is the market pushing this number? That oh, There were 12s when this opened. Now you can find 8s. Why is there optimism on Stanford here? USC, I mean, that's a yeah. public team. You'd expect. Sure. And, and listen, USC's had their troubles at Stanford before. Could just be road favorite, and that's it. I mean, betting against the road favorite, going with the home dog. 61% of the money is on USC. Right, but that, that's what that's what concerns me. Mm-hmm. 61% of the money, and it's still a four-point move from the open. What is going on here? Uh, especially with USC just coming off such a dominant showing. Like, that offense looks so good. It, it, I mean... And it's not like I'm surprised. So, so this is the ABC nationally televised game on Saturday night. Those games tend to attract money, yeah, because it's it's, it's, it's people's gonna people are gonna watch that, right? Your options are on Saturday night. You have Hawaii, Michigan. Michigan is a 51 point favorite. You have Oklahoma State, Arizona State. Eh. Oklahoma State's 11-point favorite. Maybe they'll roll. We'll see what Arizona State can do. You have Baylor-BYU on ESPN. It's a decent game. It's a decent game. But I feel like the nation's going to be watching USC-Stanford because that's a historic that, – that's a, that's a rivalry. And it's a, it's a well-known rivalry. So I feel like money's coming in. We also have Kentucky-Florida. That's going to start a half an hour earlier. People will be watching that game. Uh, that's I, where I'll be because that'll that's yeah. where my action will be. <laughs> yeah, I, I just feel like you're right. It's a public game that I think people might just be betting the home dog. I can't give you a reason why people are betting. I mean, the majority of the bets and the majority of the money is on USC line going from ten and a half to nine. That's a that's a that's an interesting jump, and it could just be one group pushing that. Yeah. And are they pushing it to get a better number on USC? That's that. I guess that's the question. Like, do they? Like, is the goal here? But to they, get I the, mean, the real goal. I mean, you're, is it going to get all the way down to seven? Seems no, unlikely. but to get it under ten. Well, it's there now. Yeah. So um, I'd be curious to see where the money comes in. We'll see where it comes late. Yeah. Yep. All right, my last one, and this is my favorite one uh, on my card. I bet against this team last week. I'm going to do it again. UAB. 373, UAB minus six. They're at Liberty. I faded Liberty last week, fading them again this week. I love that they won and didn't cover. <laughs> uh, and here's the truth Southern Miss turned the ball over five times in that game. Liberty shouldn't have even been in that game. Liberty's offense is, is poor. They lost Charlie Brewer 
to a broken hand in that game. They're, they're starting QB. They had to go to a, th- a third quarterback, right? Well, they, yeah. So they brought in the backup, which was a guy named Jonathan Bennett, and he looked terrible. I, I mean, he, he was awful. So they went to Caden Salter, and if you've heard that name, Caden Salter, before, he was a Tennessee recruit who ran into some trouble off the field. Mm. Uh, and Tennessee is a high-profile enough program that they were like, eh, we can't fade this. you got to go. But Hugh so, Freeze said, yeah, gimme, 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 baby. Come on down. So Caden Salter, is, I think he's probably a better – he's certainly a better athlete than Jonathan Bennett and probably a better athlete than, than Charlie Brewer. Uh, and he's probably got better upside than both of those guys. But the fact that he was the third choice in that game tells me he didn't get a lot of work in the offseason. So it, at least a lot, not a lot of work with the ones. UAB has the best defense in Conference USA. They have one of the best defenses nationally. They were 16th nationally. They allowed 329 yards a game last year. So a team's trying to figure things out offensively. It's a bad time to run into this defense. And talk about what UAB did last week. Alabama A&M, what did I say? You're going to play a, a cupcake, go dominate them. Mm-hmm. 59-0. to zero. They dominated that game. They played their reserves nearly the entire second half. So 59 nothing with zero points scored in the fourth quarter. They are firing on all cylinders. Liberty is clearly not, and until Liberty shows, I mean, this team was just so reliant on one guy. Mm-hmm. He covered up so much for that team. Until I see them have some some sustained offense, I'm going to be looking for spots to doubt Liberty because people still think, oh, Liberty, they were good. They they were in the mix to make the you know to be like the the uh, the the G five representative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is not that team. I'm going to be looking for spots to doubt Liberty. I think this is a great one. UAB, I think, one of the best G5 teams out there. Yeah. So UAB minus six uh, is going to be my fa- at least the favorite of, of my half of the, uh, the eight-pack. So I like the situation that UAB is in, and especially from the player's perspective. So Bill Clark retires in, you know, this summer. Yeah. And they promote Brian Vincent as the interim head coach. Players will play for a guy like that because well, I mean, I think it's telling that they want him to get the job. It's telling that guys didn't leave exactly. A lot of the times, oh, your coach's gone, Mm -hmm. out of here. But I I feel like when there's an interim guy that's with the program, a, a an assistant coach, offensive coordinator, whoever that gets the interim job, the players don't want an outsider coming in. Right, they want somebody they know. They want somebody they trust. They don't. Want, they're afraid a new coach comes in could shake things up. You lose your starting job. This recruit comes in. This changes the practice schedule. Everything's changed. Players don't like that. They're gonna fight hard for this guy all year long. I think. I think UAB is a, a motivated mission team, um, and I like him. I do like him in this spot. I'll say this: they their schedule after this Liberty game, is so light. I mean, they are... This is this is a game that's going to have to get all their attention because they won't see anybody even remotely on this level for until like week seven. They are not going to play a team ranked in my top 100 yeah. from the power ratings standpoint 
until like at, at, besides Liberty, who I have like in the eighties, until week seven when they play Western Kentucky. So this is like this is their most focused spot. Uh, you, you're coming off a cupcake, you get Georgia Southern at Rice, Middle Tennessee State, and Charlotte. Like your schedule is wide open mm-hmm. after this game. You're going to get a very focused effort from this UAB team, I think. I think. Well, I think they're a contender too in the conference for the Conference USA. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. I think they're the best team in Conference yeah. USA. So I, I would think that they rack up some wins here and um, find themselves in a really good spot come that Western Kentucky game. All right, let's. Uh, we we did this last week. Totals. What's your favorite total this week? North Carolina. App State last week shot over barely. <laughs> uh, it was only like a million points scored in that game, which it ter- it scared me a little because Josh Downs was out. Uh, they announced that like right before kickoff, which is kind of a pain in the ass, but still no problems. Easy to the window. What's your favorite total this week? So I had a couple that I was thinking about. Florida Kentucky's at fifty two and a half. I was thinking about that because I was impressed with with uh, Anthony Richardson. And I think that, you know, I, I, I like love Will Levis. Pittsburgh, Tennessee is such a high number. But I find it hard to see either defense stopping the opponent. I agree. And, and you know, you know that Tennessee is going to bomb the ball down the field. Like, they're going to hit on chunk plays down the field. That's their offense. Hendon Hooker is going to throw the ball deep, and they're going to have maybe two or three 50-plus-yard touchdowns. And they go fast. Yeah. And, and Pitt, I know like the new, the new offensive mindset is balance. But I think they, once you get into this game, it's like, okay, forget this run game. We're chucking it. I thought they looked best when they, uh, when they completely got away from I it. I agree. And they spread it out, and they said, hey, we're going to let Keaton Slovis just ball. And that's when they looked good in the second half when Pittsburgh opened it up and let Keaton Slovis just fire away. Well, they, it looked more like Mark Whipple was, was yes. the coach, uh, the offensive coach. So I, I think that's the type of offense they're going to have to have here, especially against the Tennessee team that's going to score often, and you said quickly. So I know it's a high number. What is it, 66 and a half? Let me see what the, uh, the the most updated number is. I mean, the, the fact that you said that, and I, I was seeing sixty five and a half earlier today, so maybe the, this thing may be already on the on the fly. Sixty six. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah, it's wait, six, wait, 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 wait. If we want to shop around, there's a sixty four and a half at WinBet. <laughs> now we got to find a place to to bet WinBet, but it's sixty six and a half everywhere. 67 at Bet Online and 67 at, um, I think, Bookmaker. But 64.5 yeah, on WinBet. I'll be. I'll say this. WinBet is one of those, when I, when I look at my screen, they're, they're often not updated. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know if that's legit or not. And it's, I don't think WinBet is certainly trying to set their own market yeah. here. Well, this, so. You're right. This opened up at 64. It moved to 66.5. Um, 97% of the money is on the over. Not surprising. Not surprising. This game is going to be put, both teams are scoring in the 40s. Well, they're both definitely scoring in the 30s, but I think this this game gets into the 70s. This game could get into the 80s. Because I think I Tennessee is going to, 
Tennessee's r- put them down for 35 right now. Oh, I think that's yeah. Put them down for, for sure. 35. The question is now how many does Pittsburgh get? Yeah. And and I think Tennessee could easily get into the 40s, but I'm gonna right away. I'm giving it 35. What's the first half total in this? Mm, I don't know. Let's uh, let's let's check it out. You think it's there's more scoring early? I think it could be like a 28-14 first half, something like that. First half total 34 and a half with the over at plus money. Mm. 28-14. Oh, I could see that easy. Yeah. yeah. All, all you need is 21-14. Yeah. All right. My favorite total is going to be the under in the Missouri, Missouri, as the, uh, the locals say, Kansas State game. 57 is the current total, and there were a lot of people excited in Kansas State circles about Adrian Martinez coming in <laughs> from Nebraska. Uh, I watched him lay an absolute egg last week against an FCS team. Kansas State had 23 passing plays in that game. They had 95 passing yards against an FCS team. But here's the – and now mind you, it's South Dakota State. It's mm-hmm. a really good FCS team. What Kansas State does have, though, is an elite defense. I think one of the – probably the 20 best in the country. Missouri's going to be a lot better on offense than South Dakota State was. Oh, yeah. They're going to be a lot faster. But where's Mizzou most efficient? Running the football. Yeah, 50, what's, 50 carries last week. What's great for unders? Running the football, Kansas State's gonna they're gonna go out and say, "Hey, we're gonna stop the run." And Kansas State's gonna play as slow as possible. They want this thing to be as few possessions as it can be. Try to control the game with their defense. I think this is an ugly, grimy game. I think we're seeing a marked up total based on Mizzou putting up fifty two last week against La Tech. Mm. La Tech is not Kansas State defensively. <laughs> I mean, can't. I don't know. I mean, LaTeX may be better at quarterback than Kansas State because uh, Adrian Martinez absolutely stinks. But I just think this is a, a slog-type game. It kind of makes me lean to Mizzou plus nine points. Uh, but I, I just I don't I don't trust I don't trust that they can get much done against this Kansas State uh, this Kansas State defense. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the total instead. Mizzou Kansas State under fifty-seven. I don't hate it. Especially because of the running attack of, of Missouri. That's, that's I think, is going to be what's going to play into your favor here. Um, Kansas State, uh, I'm trying to see if I had rankings on them as far as their pace or, or how they looked in the first game. Uh, hard to, hard to you know, tell after. Against an FCS team, against yeah. Against an FCS team is right. But so. if I mean they're going to be slow. Yeah. They're slow last year. They're going to be slow this. Year. That's just that's what they are. They they listen. When Adrian Martinez is your quarterback, mm-hmm. you're not looking to have a ton of possessions. Yeah, you're you're, <laughs> you're looking to slow things down, matriculate down the field, <laughs> and and you know occasionally kick a field goal. I think that's what that's what Kansas State's hope will be this year. All right. Uh, that's gonna do it. That's our that's our eight plays with two bonus totals. I'm hopeful. I, I'm excited for this contest. I've never done a college football to contest. Do we co-sign a best bet? Oh, that's what we got to do. Got to co-sign a best bet. What we do you think? What's where, we co-sign a best bet? Where are you? Uh, where are you looking? What's your What's your favorite of yours? If you were to go uh, like rank them one, two, three, four on yours, what's your favorite one? What's your least favorite? Uh, favorite in order, I'd go UCF, UTSA. West Virginia, USA. 
In the order that I gave it out. That's the order of my favoritism. Okay. UTSA is my favorite of your picks, I would say. Uh, my favorite of mine is is UAB and then Virginia catching points. Those are the two that I like the best. So I like Virginia. Okay. I, I'll let you. So it, it sounds like it's either Virginia or, or UTSA. I made the call last week. You go ahead and make the call this week. Beep, beep. Let's go with the Roadrunners. All right. There we go. Uh, UTSA going to be our best bet minus two. Is it two? Two and a half. What do, you, uh, what do, we, what do we give here? Two and a half. Mm-hmm. So field there you go. That's our, our best bet for the pod. Hopefully we're back with good news. We're off to a great start in the contest. Have you ever done a college football contest before? No. Me neither, man. This is going to be fun. I have not one of these official yeah, yeah, yeah. casino contests, no. But I have done a, you know, con- a college football pick em contest before, just not one of these big ones. All right. Well, let's get this money. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Thank you to you guys for listening. We appreciate the support you've given this podcast. It's been – I'm excited about it. I think we're going to have uh, a good year. I think that, you know, you're a great addition, Scott. I think you, you, you clearly well, know you. your stuff. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to see where this thing ends up going. By the way, let me help you guys out. If you're, if you're looking for picks, here's the, here's the way to get them. Go to pregame.com. Use the promo code CFB20. This is a secret code. It's only for you guys listening to this pod. CFB20, 20% off for listeners. Good for seven days uh, after this podcast podcast releases. That's CFB20, 20% off anything at pregame.com. So you're looking for a season-long package from from Scott or myself or Fezzik or, or whoever, Dave Essler, whoever you like. 20% off with the promo code CFB20. You're looking for a, a weekender. The And I'll tell you, my all-access weekender, very popular last week. I'm guessing it'll be very popular again because you get all my football and my UFC plays. Mm. So you can get 20% off that, that weekender access. Uh, so whatever Major you League want. Major League Baseball. Yeah, Major League Baseball Major League going, baseball. yeah. That package for me is doing well. We are uh, 11 and 5 in baseball this week. So, so there you go. Whatever you like. 20% off with promo code CFB20, the coupon code at pregame.com. All right, thanks, McKenzie, for all the research. Thanks to uh, Scott, and thanks to you guys for listening. We appreciate you, and uh, hopefully we got some winners this week. Talk to you next week. Offense, play fast. Defense, swarm. Swarm and tackle. Attack. We got out block them. We got out tackle them. We got out hit them and hustle it's real simple. You out bluff them, you out tackle them, you out hit them, and you out hustle them. Let them know. Leave no doubt tonight. Leave no doubt tonight. No doubt.